Listen to that noise. That's so clinkle, clinkle, clinkle. Hey guys. Hey guys. <sighs> Welcome to episode number 14. I think one four. Of a strange thing podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Austin. And we together are your hosts for this most auspicious. Auspicious. Nice. I don't know what that means. I don't either. But I haven't played Scrabble in forever. I know. Auspicious. We'll say auspicious podcast. All right. Most auspicious podcast <laughs> occasion. <laughs> We're having a good time because finally, after what? two months mm-hmm. we're actually able to get together record live in person and just so that we're honest because we want to be honest to all of our listeners mm-hmm. in the spirit of full candor yeah full candor and full disclosure this is our second time we've recorded the same episode attempt number two i know i had little technical difficulties when i hit the record button last time and accidentally recorded over half of our episode so we're starting Brand new, fresh, with a second try, our do-over, of episode 14. 14, number two. The big 28. 14, the second time. Oh, no, no. <laughs> See, that's two times 14, but this is our second attempt at number 14. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we are talking about what? This is our fourth episode about strange dreams. Yeah. We've covered different parts of this whole topic, which I feel like kind of got messed up by the coronavirus. Which we did a, a kind of an interlude. Yeah. Yeah. About but, a month ago. It's, yeah. I mean, it's been hard to record during these this it, coronavirus. It, it has, and it, it took our attention away mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to go record a podcast, it's, oh, I got to maybe try to get toilet paper. Which is weird because on Facebook today, not that we want to talk about coronavirus. No. But on Facebook today, which is where I go for most of my factual articles and information. Yeah, because because I know on Facebook I know everything is... on Facebook is 100% true. Actually, it is. But it said that people are saying now that coronavirus doesn't live on surfaces very long. I saw that as well. But that's actually from a, an actual study. So they are saying that. I saw it on local news broadcasts mm. as well. So it's gone a little viral on Facebook and other social media. Right. But it it's actually true. They don't think that it actually lives very long like on doorknobs. and uh, Interesting. Yeah. Especially like those, uh, what do they have? Like Shopping bronze carts? doorknobs or copper? Oh, that kind of have a they, natural they're naturally antibacterial. Uh, antibacterial. Yeah. They make boxers with, I think it's copper or gold or yeah. something. And they put... Put copper lines in your boxers so you don't get stinky. Introducing Copperware Reusable Mask. It's a reusable, machine-washable mask with the properties of copper. Real copper threads are woven into the fabric using fiber matrix copper technology. The best news is Copperware Reusable Masks are available now. They do. I thought they put copper lines in like those gloves and stuff because it's supposed to help. It's anti-inflammatory. That's called witchcraft. Yeah, it is. Well, anyway, we're we're gonna get right into our topic this week. But uh, it's so good to be back and in person. We, I at least I do, Austin. I have to say, I enjoy talking with you face to face. So much easier, much much easier. But I like it better too. You know, it's fun to hang out with my dad. It's like you're my son, and I like love you and crap uh, like that. You never tell me you love me. Uh, <laughs> Anyway. I love you, Austin. Oh, I love you too, Daddy. <laughs> okay, no, it's it really. Was, it was your birthday last time we recorded. That's right. I turned the big fifty-five. Big five-five on 
well, I won't say the day, but yeah, it was in May. It was on your, it was on your birthday in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I just got to say, it, I don't feel any different than I did mm-hmm. the week before I turned 55. You were just telling me you feel old. You can't remember anything. <sighs> I, you know, I do notice that I forget things easier. But I, I if you notice that you forgot, I don't know if you're actually forgetting. See, I don't know if I ever cared that I couldn't remember before. But now that I'm trying to remember, I actually care because I'm getting older. But do you still remember your dreams? I do. And that's our topic. Yep, it is. Strange dreams. That tie in. Nice. You steered it right back in there. Yep. Way to go. (laughs) So yeah, this is our fourth and final episode on strange dreams. And this episode, we're going to march through all eight of the dream categories that we defined in our first and second episodes. And we are going to talk about those and give examples in each category. And it's one of those things that you could probably drag out really long. Oh, yeah. But we're going to try to go through it in a rapid... Well, okay, maybe not rapid. Rapid fire. We're going to try not to go down too many rabbit trails on our deployment of information to our very wise listeners. Yep. Yes. But before we do that, we do have a little business we need to take care of. No. Because we talked about that in June of 2020 that we are going to be at Squatchcom Boise, mm-hmm. but they've canceled it. I wonder why. Yeah, something to do with Corona, COVID. About, yeah, yeah, something silly. Bad lung stuff. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, and I totally agree with that. I applaud them for making that decision, even though legally they probably had to. Because here in Idaho... We're in stage two of reopening the state. Mm-hmm. Um, stage three allows for certain things, and that takes place this weekend. And stage four takes place in two weeks. And that's when they would actually allow larger venues. Like concerts and stuff. Yeah, like Squatch right. Con. So they are delaying it. They're not canceling it totally. They're just delaying it. And we are going to go to Squatch Con whenever it comes up. We will let you, our listeners, know. When that is, and we'll try to go and have fun and come see us, and we'll we'll have all kinds of swag and stuff like that. All kinds. Should be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully. I think we, we let people know that last time we recorded during the lockdown, and we did that over Zoom, which was successful, but at the same time, it was a little bit uh, not as fun. Right. This is much better. It is. Yeah, and so, hey, tonight, we tried something different. We have the IDL. I don't know if people know about this we have a investigation destination libation that we do when we kick off but it's been like two months that we've been on this episode so we had to come up with something different because we need the libation mid libation we can't just wait for a new investigation to do the libation we need an investigation libation right now let's let's face it on every episode we have some laboratory yeah. Beverages. Which we want to call a new, we have a new acronym for that, which yep. is LLL. Triple L. Lip loosening libation. Lip loosening libation. <laughs> and tonight, to help loosen our lips for our libations, actually the libations that help loosen our lips, we are sampling three beers tonight. And a weird drink. Yeah, and a weird drink, which you, <laughs> yeah, a weird drink. The weird drink is uh, some kind of cola. Bang Miami Cola energy drink. Bang Miami Cola energy drink with bourbon. Bourbon. I don't know what kind of bourbon. Yeah, we got a bourbon. It's like a. It's not a bottom shelf bourbon. It's actually an award winning bourbon. Perfect for mixing with a thing called Bang. That's right. Or just sipping on ice cubes. All right. 
Yeah, I like it. But I, I, I'll, you know, I'll do some research. I'm going to do post triple L, post loose lipnine libations. <laughs> it's working. It is. But, With a butter blood. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do some investigation. I'll put the link to the bourbon that we're actually uh, tasting. And, you know, I want to do the disclaimer in honor of my wife. Please don't abuse alcohol. Be responsible. Yes. Don't go out and drink and drive. Don't do those things. We we say this occasionally. Um, Be a smarty pants, not a dummy bum. That's right. And if you are not a drinker, don't drink. Don't do it. Just because you, you listen to a podcast doesn't mean you have to have a drink. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, we just want to throw that out there. Um, just... Just be wise. Okay. I think we've covered it. Although we covered a lot. We didn't talk all about our libation. So we had the libation. We're also sampling. And honestly, I am telling the truth when we say sampling because we are not drinking like three beers and the bourbon mixture. He had like a whole potluck set out when I got here. I know. I set them all out. A bunch of different glasses in front of different whiskeys. It's kind of... some rum and then different kinds of beers over on the other side. Austin, it's called an alcohol buffet. It's called a flight. Multiple flights. It's called... Multi-flight. It's called a multinational airport. A flight with a layover and then another flight. So anyway, I had a few whiskeys out and I had a few beers out. And I had rum out too, I think. And mm-hmm. I set them out on the counter nice and four glasses to sample small. We could like try different mixtures Figure for our triple like L. The perfect triple L. And it was research. So it was an investigation. Mm. And uh, it turned out well. And now we are here after sampling different things. And we have chosen this, the cola bourbon mixture, as our triple oh. L. Is that our is that our thing? I thought so. Cola bourbon? Yeah. But Next time, we might want a different kind of bourbon, mm-hmm. and we might want a different kind of Coke or Pepsi. Yeah, we're equal cola samplers. Samplers. That's right. There yeah. you go. Okay, now we are really going to get on All with right. our, our thing. Let's reel this in. So we had, in our first podcast, we talked about eight different categories of dreams. The eight categories that we talked about are daydreams. We talked about, number two, lucid dreams. Number three, nightmares. Ah. Reoccurring dreams. Mm-hmm. Reoccurring dreams. Reoccurring dreams. <laughs> nice. Well played. We talked about healing dreams, um, which is number five. I had a dream last night. The, the next thing you said was prophetic dreams? Yeah. yeah. Number six. Is prophetic really? dreams. Oh, no. my gosh. Oh, my. I'm, oh, my. Oh. There's one. Yep. Wow. Perfect example. Then we talked about signal dreams. Signal dreams. Signal things. <laughs> there you go. And then we talked about number eight, epic dreams, which are the big... The mother load of all dreams. I still don't really understand though. Well, you will when we get there to the examples. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to start out with daydreams and we're going to talk about, you know, events and people that maybe have had daydreams before and what they mean. I'm a heavy duty daydreamer. I think a lot of people are. Daydreams are so common, in fact, that there's a syndrome that is a very negative aspect of daydreams. It's called maladaptive daydreaming disorder. Maladaptive. As I like to say, mal-DD. MDD. No, mal. You got to say mal. Mal-DD. Because MDD could be good. MDD? Yeah, it could be mega. Mega? Or big. You know, but it's not. Disorder. This is maladaptive, which right. means it's bad. So maladaptive daydreaming disorder means that 
You don't live in reality very much. You are too busy living in your daydreams. What was that movie with Ben Stiller where he sees he all he does is live and dream inside the dream? I don't remember the movie, but he uh, he works for like Time National Geographic, National Geographic, like something like that. Runs into the the cover of the book and yeah. he's on the he's on the Himalayan mountains and and lives vicariously through like other authors and mm-hmm. photographers, right? Because he's I don't know what that's called. But anyway, you could call him a maladaptive dreamer. Right. And it, it can get bad for people. Um, it can get so bad that they don't live in reality anymore. And it can totally disrupt their life. And, and the worse things get in real life, the more that they daydream. So it's self-perpetuating. Uh, yeah, self-perpetuating. Good, good word. Good word. Word good of word the day. Also. Yeah. Better than maladaptive. Maladaptive misinterpretation of what you call? What you say? I don't know. Self. I don't know. Perpetuating. Was it called Mitty? The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes, that's the movie. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I Googled it. Good good use of Google. Google. Good Google. Good Google, Google boy. Good, good, good. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's a bad example. But anyway, in, in real life, in healthy individuals that have daydreams, there are categories of the top types of daydreaming scenarios that people experience. I thought it would be fun to kind of throw those out there. Yeah. Is, so, okay. Before this, because mm-hmm. I kind of glanced at your at your in my notes at your notes real quick because I do research <laughs> for once. Um, I wonder if there's a difference between like daydreaming and fantasy. So we're making believe. So when I or like my son's playing with dinosaurs, is he daydreaming that these dinosaurs are real and that the the little stick that he's holding is actually a spear and he's killing the dinosaur is that daydreaming or so is- the way that i would like separate those the two daydreaming and fantasizing daydreaming almost always has you as the epicenter it's like events that surround you it's things that you do or experience fantasy could be you fantasizing about a book you read or a girl that you saw Ooh. or whatever you know it i mean it's about that event not the world that's surrounding you. So, so like playing, like making believe things that, that you experience. That unidentifiable shape he made with Legos is in fact a rocket ship. Yeah. Is that daydreaming or is that? I'd say it's both probably. I don't know if there's a clean dichotomy between the two. Right. But either way, they're a lot of fun. They're fun. And they can be very beneficial. We talked a little bit about, you know, the, the disorder. But daydreams can be very inspirational. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, and, and, and just because I'm a fan of like this dude who was an author, he was a futurist, he was a guy that like, he just told really good stories. And he was a guy who lived in daydreams. He daydreamed all the time about stories. And his name is Philip K. Dick. I know, <laughs> Philip K. Dick. And if for those of you who haven't heard the name before, He is probably one of the most prolific inspirations for a lot of the sci-fi movies that you see or have heard of today. Nice. A lot of sci-fi movies come from a lot of different sources, but from a single author, he has probably more movies that are based on his short stories or novels. And Philip K. Dick, just for a few, he wrote, uh, Do Robots Dream of Electric Sheep? And out of that short story came Blade Runner. It's kind of coincidental. It talks about dreams. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah, 
And he deals with, is it dreams or is it reality? What makes a person human mm. versus what makes them not human? That's the whole thing in Blade Runner. Right. About these robots called replicants that are so human that, that the person that makes them, the corporation that makes them, their tagline is more human than human. Which is a Rob Zombie song. Commerce is our goal here at Tyrell. More human than human is our motto. Yeah. Well, they took it from Philip K. Dick. You think? I imagine so. Well, maybe. So anyway, um, Philip K. Dick, I think he died in 1982. Now, this guy was a nutball. Okay, I'm not trying to glamorize his life. He was addicted to amphetamines. He would go into these binge writing sessions where he'd pop, you know, uppers and downers and and drink. And for like 20 hours straight, without any sleep or breaks, he would just like get on the typewriter. That's like a writer thing, I think. Yeah, it was before word processing, right? So, I mean, he, he would just sit down on that, ta, 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 and he would pound out a story. Nice. And uh, some of the stories are Blade Runner, Total Recall, um, The Man in the High Castle, The Man in High Castle, which is something that's been really popular. I have no idea. And then it just came out with a new one where it's, uh, it's called Next, and it has Nicolas Cage. I'm not a god. I can't see everyone's future. Only my own, and only within two minutes, except for when I saw her. But we'll come back to that. He just inspired so many cinemagraphic kind of stories mm-hmm. because the thoughts that he entertained were so interesting. Right. And he would sit around as a kid, and he would read these fantasy novels, these fantasy magazines. Um, I'm trying to remember what they were. Uh, startling Playboy. stories. Uh Thrilling wonder stories, fantastic universe. And then as he grew up, he actually became a writer for some of those mm. little magazines. Cool. And uh, and then he dropped out of Berkeley and he just started like going into these manic 20-hour writing sessions. And because of that, he wrote a lot of cool stuff. And he was a fan of daydreams. So category number two is lucid dreams. And basically, lucid dreams are... When you're aware that you're dreaming and you could interact in your dream. Those are cool. They are cool. I had like dreams that 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 like kind of ride the border. Yeah. Where I, I'm like I know I can get away with something because I'm dreaming, but at the same time I don't really have control of the situation. Yeah, and, or, then, and then or, your consciousness can still kick in. It's like your morality won't let you do something bad in the dream because you... Usually it's not something bad, but it's like I'll jump off a cliff knowing yeah. there's zero consequences. Yeah. But then I'm... But I'm still s- victim of the dream. You yeah. know, like I still will fall and hit the ground or well, whatever. Well, I've had dreams that like this really hot woman comes up to me and says, Hey, baby, Whoa. how about it? Whoa. And I, in my mind, I'm going, Oh, it would be okay. Because it's just a dream. I'm not really doing this. But then my consciousness says, hey, because you're aware that it's a dream and you're deciding to do it anyway, it's almost like you're doing it for real. And you got a dream devil and a consciousness <laughs> angel on your shoulders. <laughs> Basically, He's like, hey, why don't you just go in there with her? Yeah. And the other one's like, no, don't do that. I wonder if you can catch a virtual disease. VSTD. Yeah, I never. Yeah, VSTD. <laughs> you know, you know, and honestly, I can say that I resist that temptation in my dreams. Good, yeah. good for you, dream. I've guy. got a dream halo. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and wings. Look, I'm going dream wings. <laughs> I can't see that. 
<laughs> we should have got a Red Bull instead of a bang. Dang. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, that's the basic scenario. You are aware that you're in a dream and you are actually able to stay in the dream for some time and maybe even control the dream. But you're an active participant. And uh, there's been a lot of people that train their bodies and their minds to dwell inside these dreams. One of those was the famous artist Salvador Dali. Now, I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff before, but he has some really weird stuff. It looks like stuff that's transported straight out of his dream. And basically what he would do, he would get himself really tired, sit in a chair that was rather uncomfortable, and then try to hang in right in there between the twilight of sleep and non-sleep. Oh, weird. When your mom and I went to Florida, we went to the Salvador Dali Museum. Oh, cool. Guy was weird. I mean, him and Philip K. Dick. So, Philip K. Dick? In kind of, what, kind of in a way, if you turn into Philip K. Dick or mm-hmm. Salvador Dali, <laughs> got to say the same, Salvador Dali, I don't know if I want to experience a lot of lucid dreaming because you turn into a kind of a weird person. Yeah, he seems to be a ding dong. Yeah. I, looked, I looked him up. Oh, he did like the melting clocks yeah, picture. Yeah, melting clocks. He has all kinds of weird. He did He's one. He's got a crazy mustache. He did a famous one of of the multidimensional Messiah, which has a picture of Jesus kind of on a multidimensional kind of shape that looks like a four-dimensional cross. That's very famous. And that's what he was doing. He was basically saying that this human, he wasn't totally confined within three dimensions. He was into the fourth dimension. Kind of a cool take on that. Yeah. So he does those pictures where it's like a face... But the face is made out of, like, different objects. Yeah. So Salvador Dali was a good example of a person who had a lot of lucid, lucid dreams. dreams. A lot it's of cool people. that he had a method for it. Yeah. Kind of makes him, like, the pioneer in lucid yeah. dreaming. Well, a lot of people did that uh, even before that. And we'll get oh. into that. That's one thing we should say. Lucid dreaming, well, all of these categories. Nightmares, lucid dreaming, everything. They all kind of can blend together. I don't, they're not clean. It's not like you can separate and say, oh, this is Mm -hmm. not something that you experience in the other categories. And some lucid dreams are nightmares. Right. Right. And, and, and sometimes I'll quote unquote daydream until I fall asleep. Right. Which might kind of change my dreams too, which would kind of make it a lucid dream. Mm -hmm. And well, and sometimes dreams give you some of the things that you get in other dream types, which would be like solving problems and things like that. Anyway. Let's keep going. All right. Okay. Nightmares. All right. That's our next I category. We, I think most people got a grip on this. One. Yeah. Nightmares. You know that. And we talked a little bit about that in our second episode. Yeah. And in our last episode, we actually did a dramatic reading of one of Mary Shelley's quotes that yep. your sister did. My sissy. Who talked in a very good British act. Okay. Maybe not good. <laughs> but she did. A, I thought she did good. Yeah. She did. She did a good job. She's a better reader than I am. So she teaches it. Yeah. So just for just for refreshing people's memories, so Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. She's the first author that really started the genre of science fiction. Um, Frankenstein kind of kicked it off. And and what's really interesting about her is that she was very young when she wrote this and had the idea for it. And it took place way, way back. And in fact, you know, I can't remember the exact year, but it was like in the early 1800s. 
And she had gone with a boyfriend. Ooh, naughty for Ooh, those that time period. Mary Shelley. Yeah, to her name was Mary Godwin. Then. How about unmarried Shelley? Unmarried Shelley. <laughs> but she went to Switzerland, Geneva, Switzerland, with her boyfriend who eventually became her husband. Hush yeah. boyfriend, yeah. Yeah. And uh and anyway, went with him and his name was Percy. Percy Hushvitart. Yeah. <laughs> Percy Sweetheart. <laughs> and Percy Shelley was a poet. And they went and stayed with one of Percy's friends, who was Lord Byron. And Lord Byron had an estate in uh, Switzerland, Geneva. And they went there. And they went there during the summer. But very strange side note is this was the year that they called it a year without a summer. Because an Indonesian volcano had erupted. And it put so much volcanic ash in the air that it basically, not just in Geneva, but all Mm. over the world... Basically, it was a year Global without a summer. Warming. They were saying in May in New York that temperatures were freezing. Insane. Yeah. So anyway, it affected the whole world. And That's it was during this crazy. time that Mary Shelley and Lord Byron and her future husband, Percy, and Percy. Um, and her name was Mary Godwin, and then Mary's sister, they went to stay with Lord Byron. And I guess another interesting note is that... Uh, Mary's sister had kind of a boinking thing going on with uh, Lord Byron. But anyway, that's it. What was Mary's sister's name? Yeah, they weren't very wholesome back then. No. Sounds like modern day. What's up with that? Humans. People are people. Yeah. So anyway, they went to Geneva and they... We might call it the Geneva Convention. (laughs) The (laughs) pre-Geneva Convention. (laughs) The first Geneva Convention. And they were bored and it was cold outside. And And you know what that leads to? It was kind of like what? Oh, babies? <laughs> well, Byron and <laughs> Sister Shelley. Byron boinking Sister Shelley? That sounds like a song. It does kind of like a nursery <laughs> rhyme, but weird. But anyway, so anyway. they were bored, and they couldn't go out much. And it was also during this weird period of time where there was this new fatuation with electricity and what it could do in the human body and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. they called it galvanism. Galvanism. And they had gone to... Uh, kind of a presentation of electricity and how they could hook an electric current up to a dead frog and touch the muscles and the muscles would spasm. Interesting. Yeah. So it was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. And so five people sitting around bored one evening, probably drinking too much and thinking about sex or whatever. And they said, hey, I know what let's do. (laughs) I've got this idea. Let's all sit tonight. Let's all write a story, a ghost story. And then tomorrow we'll read the stories and whoever writes the best story will win. That sounds like fun, actually. Yeah. So Mary Shelley, who's very creative, um, went to bed. And that night she had a dream. And in the dream, she saw this monster that was made up of all these different body parts, parts from different people. And anyway, here's the, here's the dramatic reading of one of her quotes. I saw the pale student of unhallowed arts kneeling beside the thing he had put together. I saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretched out and then, on the working of some powerful engine, show signs of life and stir with an uneasy half-vital motion. Frightful must it be, for supremely frightful would be the effect of any human endeavor to mock the stupendous mechanism of the creator of the world. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! 
I think she done good on that one then. Yeah, that sounded pretty good. She, her accent was much better than mine. I suck at this stuff. <laughs> and I'm glad you're good at it because I suck. <laughs> Thank you, Amber, for that. And uh, anyway, so Mary Shelley wrote, good. wrote that story. I don't know if they she won that contest that night. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she wrote the manuscript later and it became Frankenstein. And well, everybody That's knows Frankenstein. Every, yeah. It's multiple movies. Super duper and famous. The origin of tons of stories and inspiration to tons of writers. Yep. And it actually birthed, calved, whatever you want to say, the genre of science fiction. Nice. Yeah. So good job, Mary Shelley. So that's before like Dracula, all the other monsters. Yeah. If I remember, I haven't read Frankenstein since high school and I had to. I don't even think I read it. I think I just spark notes it. But it's about Frankenstein just wants somebody to love. Yeah, his whole thing is like... He's just like Freddie Mercury. Somebody to love. And we, but, yeah, but when he goes around... Anybody. Yeah. So the poor guy... Yeah, poor created guy wants Just love. Want love goes out seeking for love, mm-hmm. and then as he can't find it and he's rejected, he becomes more angry, and, and then yeah, becomes a monster, and the villagers try yeah. to pitchfork him. So the moral of the story for us is: as long as we have love, we won't become monsters. But if we don't have love, we'll become monsters. You sound like a beetle. I know. All you need is love. Yeah. Okay. We sang a lot. Oh, we did. We really recovered. That's because we're very creative. But what I was going to say is, um, Frankenstein wants to find love, right? Yeah. And then Dracula, basically, if I remember right, kind of just looking for a companion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that her influence was that impacting on that genre, that sci-fi monster. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Because a lot of them just want... Just want somebody to live. Well, I know that uh, Mary Shelley had like two or three miscarriages. Mm. And then her sister died. I think she committed suicide, the one that boinked Lloyd Byron. And so she had all of this kind of death and stuff around her. Yeah. And, you know, during this time, they were thinking about what galvanism could do. A lot of people think that she's trying to recreate the lives of the babies and the loves of her life. To give or, new hope to that. Or at least mortality was on her mind. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, when they lose a loved one, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what can I do to bring them back? Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, Mary Shelley was a very prolific writer. Um, I'm glad she wrote Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. A very interesting story. There's tons of this out there on the web, and there's a little bit of it on our website. Or mark that one down on another book to listen to at work. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, that brings us to... Our number four dream category, which is recurring dreams. I have a recurring nightmare that I've been wrongly accused of a crime, and 12 of these idiots are on the jury. Stanley is fast asleep. Kevin eats the evidence. Phyllis's name is Allison, but it really is Phyllis. Jim is foreman of the jury and pronounces me guilty. The cop takes me away, tells me that I've been a bad boy, and we have sex in the hall. She leaves the handcuffs on. They take me away to prison. The guards are all women. Now, this is kind of weird because, you know, you, you go out and you can't really find a person that talks about their ongoing mm-hmm. recurring dream. So what I did 
is I found the most common recurring dreams. And I thought that would be fun to share because I yeah. think everybody's had in one way or another a recurring dream. Just glancing, I think I've had a couple of them. So let's just march through these. We'll go through them kind of quick. Uh, one of them is... Speaking of marching. Uh-oh. We got a marcher coming through. Is it a mom marcher? It's a mom marcher. Mom marcher. She's double hand waving. Double hand waving. Nope. Now she's dancing. Now she's dancing. She's famous. Rock, she's Roxanne. You don't have to turn on the red light. <laughs> she's not a hooker up. Fucking <laughs> just saying that in, in advance. All right. So the first most common recurring dream is falling. Falling is the most common recurring dream. Everybody I know of has had a recurring dream. I've had falling dreams. Or not a recurring dream of falling, but has had a dream of falling. And I've had my thoughts on this, where people say falling in love. Yep. And they say falling asleep. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what chemical your brain releases, but I think there's a chemical... Dopamine or something. Some mean. Something mean. Yeah. And it it actually gives you the sensation of falling in it. And uh, that's apparently where that term comes from i heard that somewhere oh and I so fact checked that. and so the even though it's not a falling thing it's the same chemical reaction as if mm-hmm. you were falling that's really yeah like something about when you sleep you get that falling feeling like you ever had those dreams where you're like maybe you fall asleep on the couch <laughs> and you jerk your head up really and you're quick. like oh, yeah. and you thought you were falling but you're fine mm-hmm. so apparently that's where that comes from so i'm wondering if that is what causes these reoccurring yeah, falling see, dreams. if we were really good researchers, we would have that information available, but I didn't look it up. Hey, Google, why do they call it falling asleep? Sorry, I don't know why that is. Do you want to know where the term falling asleep came from? That's, yeah. On the website dictionary.com, they say, fall asleep, go to sleep, also, cease paying attention. For example, as soon as the lights were dimmed, he fell asleep, or his lectures are so dull that I fall asleep. The literal usage, which uses the verb fall in the sense of succumb, dates from about 1300. The figurative is several centuries newer. Well, that was about pointless Google. Yeah. But anyway, that was a really good, useless piece of Google information. Thank you, Google. All right. All right. Okay, number two, being chased. Uh, yeah, I've had those. I've had those, yep. And sometimes being chased while you can't run. I hate that. But anyway, <laughs> that's probably a different one. Let's go to number three, being back in school. So, like, after you've graduated and after you're in, later in your life, you dream you're back into your school days. Mm-hmm. And I've had those. Yeah, I mean, not I a lot. I don't think I've had any. But It'd be like I was playing football for me. again in high school or something. Right. You know, it's like, well, what am I doing here? I'm 40 years old. Oh, <laughs> my goiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, uh, what was that? Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. <laughs> he always wanted to go back in high school. I throw pigskin over them mountains. You seen that mountain right there? I can throw them right over the top. <laughs> How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Anyway. Um, next one, uh, number four, being unprepared for an important event. Right. So I don't know quite what that could be. Um, like a test. Yeah, or a test, or you still know the answer. I think I had one like that Where just go. recently. Hmm. Where... Tell me. Uh, in my dream, I was kind of like going through this career change, and I was doing like a, a multiple interview process where there's like five people interviewing you at once mm-hmm. and in that interview it just went terrible oh because and it was just didn't know the answers you're supposed bad to bad questions and you you mess up your words and you stuck yeah 
yeah, I guess I've had those kind of things where I'm expected to have a skill that I didn't have or... Uh, yeah, those too. Or I have a skill that I know I have, but when I try to use it, it doesn't work out like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And then everybody thinks I don't have the skill. I've had those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. Number five, flying. Super dreams. I love those. I love them. They're the best. Unless you crash. But anyway, the flying part wires is totally awesome. Uh, number six, sex with someone you shouldn't. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if we need to talk a lot about that one because my wife listens to my podcast. <laughs> okay. Number seven, encountering a person who has died in real life. Okay. You've had that? This is not a reoccurring dream. And I, I actually have had a reoccurring dream about that now that you say that. Well, let's tell one of the I got stories. two. I, can I tell both? Yeah, but you got to do it quickly because we only have like super unlimited du- hours to do this podcast in. Right. <laughs> so the reoccurring aspect of this, the other part just kind of popped in my head when you said that, is um, reoccurring aspect. When I was younger, I think I've talked about this before. I had a dream where I was out in the backyard of my grandparents' house. We were picking up some sticks yeah, and like putting them in a wheelbarrow like they mm-hmm. cut down a tree or something. And I was with my grandpa, who'd recently passed away. Yeah, that was a recurring one. That stick jumps to life that yeah. I'm trying to pick up, and it runs off kind of into a really foggy day. It's kind of like a wannabe Pinocchio. Sure. Okay. But um, in the fog, you got like only feet of visibility, basically. you can I can see like a perfectly round circle of what's around me, but then everything else is just white mist. Okay. And the stick runs off, fades into the fog, and then my grandpa goes after it. And yeah, in in 3D modeling, you'd call that the fog distance. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, the fog distance, and then and then I wake up. And I had this several times in a row. I ended up realizing that I had a cassette tape in to put myself to that sleep. Would that would kind of trigger it. I changed it out. I never had it again. Hmm. But that was weird. Second story. Yeah, you and did that one pretty quick. Here, I did. Here. I flew through it. You're awesome. Um, I know. This story comes from a coworker at work, and I asked him if he would repeat it to me today, but I totally forgot I had asked him. But uh, the way I understood it, and I'll probably get some of these facts wrong, but the principles are the same. He, You're a professional podcaster. This is our number 14th episode, so it's okay. Okay. Okay, cool, okay. cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Um, he had a, a grandpa, um, probably like a great uncle or an uncle. <laughs> Somebody... Semi close to him, but not extremely close. Not like a, a brother or a dad, but like a like an uncle. Yeah, good detail. Passed away, mm-hmm. and um, the day before he passed away, he passed away from a sudden heart attack, no lead up. On I the mean, day before, yeah, like well, when he passed away, he had a heart attack. There's no way to know he's gonna have a heart attack. You, there's not like oh, you know, I'm not feeling very good, or he didn't have like a yeah, cancer. It or just something. boom. It was just like one day, it's over. Yeah. The night before he passes away, mm-hmm. um, he has a dream that he's like walking along a trail or something, mm-hmm. and he there's nobody on the trail. This girl is walking towards him, and he says he can remember the girl's face. He recognizes her, but he's not sure who she is. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, kind of gets in a conversation, and he's like, hey, do I know you or... They kind of have this interaction where he asks. He know, feels like he should know her, and he's yeah, basically yeah, he's trying to figure it out. Yeah, and they they go back and forth. She had brown, thick hair, and uh, she tells him his name, which 
even the guy who told me the story couldn't remember the exact name, but she tells him him in his dream her name. Okay, and says that that she's gonna go be with Jesus, and when he's with Jesus, they can talk again, Uh and then they go separate ways. Uh He wakes up the next morning, tells his wife. His wife has thick brown curly hair. The girl in the dream looks similar to his wife, or something along those lines and he basically remembers that the name that that girl gave him was the daughter he was supposed to have but it was a miscarriage oh so so they had had a a miscarried baby yeah a long time ago that was this name and then the next day he's heart attack so he like meets her in the dream on this trail and she says i'm with jesus when you get here we'll talk about it we'll hang out yeah and then then the next day and then, yeah, I think the next or day. very soon yeah, after, he has a tells his random wife, heart attack. He tells his wife about it. And this is a real a dude, a real guy yeah. that died in head. Oh, yeah. that's, yeah. And his wife told the story, probably just obliterated, bawling. But yeah. yeah, it was a crazy dream. Gave me goosebumps when he said that. And then when you said encountering a person who has died in real life, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, ooh, yeah, that's a good time to bring that Well, up. and technically, I guess it wasn't recurring. No. Although it, it did recur in... It was... It because was, it happened in it real life. Maybe prophetic. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Which is another category for later. It is. Yeah. Gosh, good stories, Austin. I like those. Yeah. You know, they kind of make me feel sad in a weird kind of way. I'm <laughs> uh, moving on. So, uh, number eight, teeth falling out. And these are recurring dreams, right? Recurring mm-hmm. dream style. So, teeth falling out. I've had that where I'm grinding a tooth. That's what I was thinking. And then I wake up and like, oh, man, my jaw hurts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it it your teeth kind of go numb like your gums when you really bite hard in your sleep yeah. they kind of go numb i think but in that's your where dream, it comes from you feel like you actually have chewed your tooth out or they've crumbled or something i've yeah, had that weird. that's an awful dream i hate yeah, that well right now i've got tmj yeah you got TMJ. So. he's talking like he's from north dakota he <laughs> north can't dakota. open his mouth very far because his jaw doesn't for... move as far as he likes it to. don't you know don't you know once <laughs> already okay onward Teeth falling out, uh, number eight. And uh, number nine is being lost. Um, I don't know if I've had a lost dream. I don't know. I don't know. I always look for the North Star and then I was found. Wow. Yes. Nice. Second anyway. star to the right. There it is, Wendy. Second star to the right and straight on till morning. Um, moving in slow motion or going nowhere. I have had that. Where it usually is kind of combined with yeah. a chase dream. Where it's like, I, I'm running, I'm trying to get away. And then you can't. It's like I'm made of cement or lead shoes or something. I can't. We're on a treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> I yawn. A yawny treadmill. I'm going to take a drink of this energy. Okay, yeah, you better get, get that taken care of. So, moving in slow motion, going nowhere, number 10. Number 11, being late. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have those. Yeah. I mean, self-explanatory. Very common. Uh, number 12, being paralyzed or unable to speak. I don't know if I have a recurring dream of that, but I've had... A couple dreams where I've been immobilized. My good buddy, you know, uh, Matt, mm-hmm. who who told me stories that he used Super to have. <laughs> kind of, yeah. He would have these episodes where, and he didn't really know if they were dreams or not, where he would be frozen. He couldn't move. And there mm. were like aliens or demons or something looking through windows at him yeah. as he stuck to the floor. Sleep paralysis. Which probably influenced my dream of being stuck to the floor in the presence of oh yeah yeah, yeah. something you, you mentioned evil. that earlier yeah, yeah that was in my dream but yeah that's anyway what were you gonna say oh those kind of come in you know like uh, 
moving in slow motion or going nowhere, being paralyzed mm-hmm. or unable to speak. I have those kind of feelings like usually when there's a threat in your dream, which is semi-nightmarish, you mm-hmm. can't get up and get away. You know, one interesting thing on these, and I'm you told a couple stories about that with you, where like you think somebody's in the house or something. Yeah. And you kind of freeze. Um, people who claim to have been abducted. Mm-hmm. Or experience aliens and time loss have this happen. Oh yeah, I bet. they report this. Well, so it's interesting that it's a dream, but it's also something that crosses over into that whole alien abduction realm, which we haven't done a podcast on. I but feel we like should. this kind of similar being paralyzed or unable to speak, and you'd mentioned Matt having these dreams where he's not sure if he's awake or asleep. Mm-hmm. Could be a like sleep paralysis, which is when a lot of people see Hatman, which was a topic we covered earlier. Yeah. So, by the way, I got to do a shout out to Matt. Hey, Matt, good <sighs> to uh, see you last week. It was oh. awesome to go down there and hang out and talk about all the cool stuff like aliens and demons and nice tracks, ho. Yeah. Yeah. He has this. Matt has cool stuff. He's a super trooper scooper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. He's got cool stuff. Um, every time I come home, I want to buy new stuff like, hey, what did I just buy, Austin? We bought a box van. We bought a box van. So I think we told everybody last time that we got a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Did we? Yeah. Motor scooter. It's Motor- a Vespa, really. That's a, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a really nice bike. It is nice. And we are converting it into a dual sport. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stick those suckers in the back of a box van and go out and do our investigations. Adventures. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. We're going to post pictures up on the build of those, and we're also going to talk about our upcoming adventures. I think we're going to go out and find some petroglyphs. Petroglyphs. Oh, you know what else we'll probably find? What? Some rabbit trails, which is what we're on right now. I know. Reel it back. Okay, going to take it back. Okay, we are a number 13 cheating partner Mm. recurring dreams. I've had those a lot. Have you? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had one. Yep. That's good. I don't like them. I wouldn't like them if I had them. I wouldn't be comfortable. They're not good. Okay. So on to number 14, spiders, snakes, or scary creatures. I definitely had those. I mentioned that before. Yeah, the snake that kept eating my stomach. Yep. Yep. I think I've had, I don't know, I've had dreams of weird creatures that were chasing me. I've had a dream about zombies recently that changed, you know, that were chasing me. I love a good zombie dream. This was bad. So these were like fun zombies. Fun. Created by a coworker of mine. Paul, if you're out there, <laughs> I don't know why I had a dream about you that you created these things that were chasing me. They were like humanoids and they were prolific. So they started out with a few and they kept getting more and more in number. Like a gremlin. And I kept running and it was fun at first. And then finally, I finally did this daring maneuver where I jumped off a balcony into a swimming pool and got out and was laughing about how I had escaped all these creatures. And you said, oh, sure, it's fun for now, but... What you don't realize is they just keep coming. It'll never stop. Ooh, that's creepy. And that was when I woke up and I had to get up and go check my doors. I checked all my locks in the house. It was like three in the morning. <laughs> Freaked me out. I wonder if that has to do with pandemic dreaming. I think there's it, this thing so. out mm-hmm. to get you. It just never stops. I think it's totally true. I think it is. You had I, to take a bath in chlorine. And it was my first pandemic dream that I know of. You know what's weird is I had a dream similar to that. Very, very, very similar. Maybe it was on the same night. No, no, no. This oh. was a long time ago. But oh. in this dream, uh, my my old roommate, Dave. What's up, Dave? Dave. I call him Tony Stark sometimes. Um, him and I were playing video games pretty regularly. We were playing this one where you're like on a 
a boat and you don't have weapons you don't have anything but there's like ghosts and monsters yeah and the whole point is to hide and to be sneaky and to not get caught and this was a dream like phantoms like wraiths like floating witch things and 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 you gotta hide in like 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 a cabinet (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 Good, good try Okay, sorry. Um, but uh, we played this game, where, you know, monsters, things. And then I have this dream that night. I'm, I'm like a, a apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And inside one of the rooms, and I'm hiding in a closet. Basically, it's where my dream starts. And then these little, like, kind of almost shadow people-y things yeah. are coming after me. Once again with the shadow people. That's the only thing I can relate them to. They're like uh, almost more like reverse shadow people. Like they're they're like bright, mm-hmm. kind of jagged figures of people. And I'm running away from them, trying to hide. And they just keep. There's more and more. Mm-hmm. And I jump off the the roof of this uh, apartment complex into a swimming pool. And that's when my kind of safety happens. Is when I hit the swimming pool after being overwhelmed by these weird that's it was really weird that you said that about the zombies because it's almost like there's a common recurring dream in our genetic code whoa all right (laughs) that's kind of cool anyway yeah i don't know either that or we watch too many videos on youtube and people jumping off roofs into a swimming pool (laughs) too many movies yeah too many bad movies yeah hotel heist movies so the next one it would be intruders yeah, people breaking into your house and avoiding them or saving your kids or whatever because of intruders. Those I dreams, know you've had those. Those dreams freak me out. Yeah, you've had a couple of those. And I had about. one where, uh, you know, I had a kind of dream or something was off when I woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, you have to go check the it's locks. It's like 2 in the morning. I'm like, I, you know, I do this every time. I just go look at the door. The door's locked. I go back to bed. Everything's okay. I get up out of bed, hesitantly open the door, lights are all off, house is nice and dark. Maybe the the oven light is on or like the microwave, like you can see like a dim light in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I check the door, it's locked. You know, you have that sigh of relief, you're like, just another manic Monday. Just another manic Monday. Mm-hmm. Turn around. There it is. I saw a six foot two guy no hair big beard (laughs) and i kind of like went into like fight or flight full fight mode ready to tackle this person i didn't even know what it was so that was the marty solomon that was marty solomon it's been for people who don't know us talking about uh about him he is a messianic rabbi Mm -hmm. so he has like the long beard and tassels and stuff so in silhouette he can be very yeah he's really he's tall and yeah it would kind of give you a weird creepy feeling especially because you just came to the point of yeah it's all right there's Mm -hmm. nobody here i'm just being weird again Mm -hmm. i'll go back to bed and then ah (laughs) and then you look at him and you see that those white pearly teeth aren't like vampire teeth it's actually a giant smile and then it's not quite so scary (laughs) yeah well, okay, there's one more. You know, I found a list of 30 of these. I just went to number 16 because I thought number 16 was very interesting. And it was being naked in public. Mm. I don't I hear about these. Yeah, I've never been naked. I've been in my underwear in public where I realized, oh my gosh, I didn't put my pants on. Mm. But I haven't been totally exposed buck naked. Unlike the Duchess of Cambridge mm. um, or Kate Middleton, the princess. 
Um, she hot? She's actually quite attractive. Very pretty lady. Good for her but, dream people. But she, she, you know, was kind of thrust into the limelight as she, when she married a prince. Mm-hmm. And she's in line to be the Queen of England. And she has talked about this openly in, in public about having dreams about being naked in public in front of the queen in front of the press and in front of the public she goes to a royal event and she's naked in the dream now i think a lot of dudes especially wish that they would see kate you know naked in front of a large crowd but it's not a fun dream to have so anyway well, embarrassing dreams very dream you know another interesting story about kate middleton and I don't know if it maybe is part of the dream, maybe caused the dream, but they went out on a, her and the prince went out and they were on a boat and some photographers caught some pictures of her sunbathing topless. And it was a big scandal. Uh-oh. Yeah. So maybe it comes from that. Maybe that kind of helped initiate Traumatized it. her. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it was before or after, but anyway, shame on you guys for not giving her her privacy. That's just a bad, right. bad, bad, bad form. Anyway. Well, Austin, that brings us to number five, healing dreams. So healing dreams, like we talked about in our first episode, are dreams that maybe speak to you and tell you something that motivates you to make a change or do something that actually brings healing to your life. Interesting. It could be emotional healing. It could be physical healing, a bunch of different things. So I found an interesting story online. And it was found on the Huffington Post. And it's a story about a breast cancer survivor. Her name was uh, Sunny or Sunny Ingalls. Nice. And I'm not sure. I, I would pronounce it Sunny. But anyway, Sunny had a dream that she believed saved her life. Well, okay. And so the dream was really interesting. So apparently um, this lady was running in a race. And she was way ahead. She was winning. So she's chugging along, Scooting. running. And all of a sudden, a car pulls up beside her, and it's her husband. And he rolls down the window or kicks open the door or whatever and says, get in, get in. She's like, no way, I'm winning the race. I'm winning the race. And he goes, you need to get in. You can come back to the race later. And after some pleading, Sonny gets in the car, and they drive off. And apparently, (laughs) he takes her home. And when they come in the house, she's feeling weird and kind of upset because she left the race when she Mm -hmm. was winning and feeling good about it. And she walks by a mirror, looks over, and sees that there's something wrong on the side of her neck. And in real life, her mom had had like some thyroid surgery or something mm-hmm. recently. For some reason, it stuck in her mind that there was something wrong with her neck. And uh, when she woke up the next day, um, she decided that maybe this dream was trying to tell her something. So she talked to her husband and talked to her mom And her mom encouraged her, well, what do you got to lose? Just go get it checked. So she goes to the doctor and it turns out they found breast cancer, that she was in stage one breast cancer. And because of that, they caught it early. So they were able to do like a limited surgery and gave her some some chemotherapy. And after, you know, a month or two or four or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. she was cancer free. Nice. So she believes that dream saved her life. Or at least stopped her from going down a path where the cancer would have become stage two yeah. or three or four. Yeah, grew more. Yeah. Right. 
And I thought that was cool. Um, like, you know, my mom, your grandma, she had breast cancer. And it, after 20 some years, they found it in stage four and it actually took her life. And I, mm. I wish mom would have seen it or had a dream that had motivated a crazy her dream. to go in and get checked like when that was just beginning. Maybe right. that would be a different outcome. Maybe. I don't know. So going on to number six. These are fun, prophetic or precognitive dreams. Mm. Yep. So these are interesting. Because you have like the traditional ones we've all heard about, like anybody who's gone to church or even if you haven't, you've heard the religious kind of prophetic dreams. So another kind of prophetic dream could be done by anybody, like you or me, and we could have a dream. And for some reason, we think it's real and we bank on it. And sure enough, it happens. Right. So one of those dreams, and this, this isn't like absolutely positively 100%. I mean, you can't prove it. Right. But it's expected to be true. And that's the dream that Abraham Lincoln had about his own assassination. So he had a dream, and it was reported by his uh, lawyer friend and partner, who also was one of his bodyguards, um, a dream that he had that was basically of somebody being assassinated in the White House. And this took place just prior to his assassination in the theater. And uh, so we got your brother-in-law, Andrew, who's going to do uh, his interpretation of Abraham Lincoln. Mm. So we're going to play that episode. Who This is this is his... This is Mary Shelley's husband. <laughs> yeah. This is Abraham Lincoln's recitation of mm. his dream as given to his lawyer. Take it away, Andrew. I soon began to dream. I heard subdued sobs, as if a number of people were weeping. I left my bed and wandered downstairs. There I met with a sickening surprise. Before me was a catafalque, one which rested a corpse wrapped in funeral vestments. Around it were stationed soldiers who were acting as guards. And there was a throng of people gazing mournfully upon the corpse whose face was covered, others weeping pitifully. Who was dead in the White House, I demanded, of one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. So for those of you who think that he doesn't sound nearly like Abraham Lincoln, I want you to know that Andrew actually went out on on the web and did a bunch of research, probably spent two or three hours trying to find written explanations of what Abraham Lincoln sounded like. And apparently had a higher tenor voice with a little bit of kind of a southern drawl. And so Andrew kind of came up with this. It's weird that he had a southern drawl. I know. Because he's kind of not that southern. Well, and his... he was aligned with the north. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway. Want to hear my, my Abraham Lincoln? Sure. <clears throat> Four scorn seven years ago, our fathers set forth to this continent a new nation. Conceived in the proposition that all men are created equal, with certain unalienable rights. How's that? That's actually pretty darn good. We should have had you do it. <laughs> I was trying to get my bingo wings flapping, you know, shake my hands a little. It's too bad that we don't have actual recordings of what he sounded like, and then we could make a bet, and then the winner of you and Andrew could. Like, yeah, but wouldn't it be depressing if to lose to like, Andrew? Four score seven years ago. <laughs> he's like Mike Tyson. Yeah, four score seven years ago. Michael Jackson. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> 
Or Mike Tyson. I don't know what I was thinking. He's got that weird lisp. A lisp. And I don't know. I can't really do high. Mike Tyson. I don't know. I wouldn't say anything bad about him because. Yeah, he'd knock you the flip out, he'd bro. He'd beat my face into a bloody pulp. Or just get high with you yeah. and be like, doesn't matter. Apparently, he has a ranch full of weed. I don't know anything about that. I don't know nothing about numbers. I just know what I can do. Yeah, apparently, he's, he started a he ranch. marijuana? In, like, you can go and stay there. He's got, like, the best marijuana. And... Weird. Well, I know he's training. I don't... I, I've seen all the memes oh. on uh, Facebook of him getting in fighting shape and that maybe him and Evander Ooh. Holyfield are going to go at it in their 50s. Don't fight that guy. Either one. I wouldn't yeah, fight Especially one. if he's got the munchies. <laughs> Yeah, and if you do, make sure you yeah, don't wear, expose your ears. Wear ear protectors. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that ear looks like cauliflower. No, 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 I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're onward. Anyway. We're onward. <laughs> nice. Anyway, moving on. That Number seven. We've only got two more categories to go on. <laughs> we're doing it. And we're only like like one hour. This is going to be a long episode. It's all right. Well, a good thing about podcasts is you can stop it and restart at any mm-hmm. time. So for those of you who have hung in there, congratulations. Congratulations. (laughs) Okay, number seven, signal dreams. This is really interesting. Signal dreams are dreams that help you solve a problem. Mm. Something that you're thinking about and you're stewing on, and then all of a sudden you have this dream and hallelujah chorus. Suddenly you know the answer or you are on the right track of an answer. Directional. Yeah. So one of those could be, I don't know if it's a perfect fit, but Albert Einstein, Mm -hmm. when he was young, and it sent him on his journey, his quest for the theory of relativity. But this dream was a young Albert sliding down a snowy mountainside on a sled. Nice. Jingle bellin'. Yeah. And the sled kept going faster and faster and faster. And the faster he went and approached the speed of light, he noticed that the stars around him started distorting and stretching and becoming weird and colorful. (laughs) And when he awoke, that dream kind of triggered his lifelong exploration of finding out the theory of relativity. That when you approach the speed of light, that things change. So out of that came the equation E equals MC squared. And it's a true story. It's, I mean, get on online, check it out. It's all over the place. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Another one is Elias Howe. Now, Elias Howe, for those of you who don't know, was the inventor of the sewing machine. And distant relative of Linda Linda Moulton Howe. Linda Moulton Howe, the the, uh, cattle mutilation goddess. Mother Moo. Mother Moo, we call her. Yes. Which uh, she has a website. You should check her out. But anyway. Check first couple episodes if you're wondering what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Go back to cattle mutilations. But uh, Elias Howe, he had a dream. And I love this dream. This dream is awesome. So Elias Howe was trying to figure out how to create a machine that could sew. Mm-hmm. And he was stumped. And he had thought about this and thought about this, you know, in the things that I read. And to the point of exhaustion, poor guy, he, he, he was just miserable. But maybe that point of exhaustion and inability to sleep actually gave him the answer he was looking for <laughs> in a signal dream. Because he had a dream that he was in Africa and the jungles of Africa. And, and he's being chased by a cannibalistic African tribe through Whoa. the jungle. 
So I, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking all like uh, Indiana Jones here. You know, running through oh. the. You know, I was thinking something. Toto. Well, that too. <laughs> and he's running through the jungle, and the cannibals finally catch him, and they tie him up, and they throw him in a big boiling. Well, it's not boiling. They throw him in a pot, and they put it over a fire. And I don't know, maybe they cut up potatoes and carrots and stuff and threw it in mm-hmm. there. And they're going to have, uh, you know, an Elias house stew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you stewing? How you stewing, Elias? <laughs> <laughs> don't lie <last> to me. <laughs> anyway, so the water's heating up and is getting uncomfortable in his dream. And so he tries to jump out of the pot. Mm-hmm. And these cannibals would have these sharp tip spears and they poke him and jab him and knock him back into the pot. Yeah. And so after a while, you know, it, it was very disturbing and he mm-hmm. woke up. One thing he remembered though in his uh conscious mind is that the spears for some reason had little holes in the end of them. <laughs> and as he was thinking about the dream, he had the thought, light bulb. Yeah, the light bulb goes off and he says, there's holes in the points. There's holes in the points. There's holes in the points. And his wife was like, what are you like, talking about? What? what are you talking about <laughs> holes in the points? What is that? It sounds like point no holes. Sounds like a gambling scheme, you know, a point fixing scheme for Vegas basketball gambling. What are you, holes oh, in the point, points? Holes in I don't the know. points. Anyway, I don't know and they're so <laughs> so he starts thinking about this and he realizes that in a sewing needle, the hole is on the back of the needle. And you put Mm -hmm. the thread through it. Mm -hmm. And they push it through the fabric and you put it back up. Mm -hmm. But it was impossible to push the needle through the fabric on a machine and then have it turn around and come back through because it would need an arm or something that would pass it through and pass it back. So then he had the brilliant idea. The hole in the point, like the holes in the spear, what if you put the thread in the tip of the needle instead of the back eye of the needle? Mm-hmm. Then it would be a relatively simple mechanical procedure to push the thread through the fabric and then from the bottom have another eyelet that goes in, ties the fabric through the hole, and then pulls that thread back up to the top of the fabric. I've dealt with this conundrum myself. Well, and it turned out that was the answer. He made the mechanism. And he is the father of the sewing machine. And it is the same principle that all sewing machines from then till now have been based on. That's a signal drain. That's awesome. So what what were you going to say? You had the same problem? I've always wondered how sewing machines work. Uh Because like it doesn't make sense. You just look at it knowing what I know about sewing is you have a needle. There's thread in the back of it. You poke it through. Send it through the other side. Well, no, you got the bobbin underneath. I know. That's the thing. And you got to wind the thread on the bobbin. Well, I've never really paid attention to a sewing machine. So mom would sew like weird pillows I had to have for school. Yeah. For like assemblies or whatever. And her sewing machine never worked very well either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, brother. Get it? <laughs> yeah. Brother? Yeah, brother. Oh, our singer. brother is a singer. Uh, enough sewing machines sewing jokes yeah Mm. yeah we're sewing jokes in a field (laughs) oh no 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 um but i've always wondered how it works and i actually saw like a a little graphic animation kind of thing where 
It was like a x-ray type vision thing where of how it goes. It could show the needle and the thread, and I was like, oh. I see. So to come up with that, I wouldn't think of that. And I'm uh, pretty mechanically minded, but... It's a very prickly subject. <laughs> okay, stop it. Put okay. A, put, a, put a thimble in it. Yeah, we're zigzagging all over the place. <laughs> Next. Okay. Next. Next. So finally, that brings us to um, our eighth and final category, and then we can wrap this. This long, drawn-out episode up. Epic Dreams. Epic. Now, this one was hard. Because when I tried to do research on, you know, epic dreams that people have had, um, it was hard to find. And epic dreams are dreams that fundamentally change a person's trajectory in life. Like a pivotal dream. Yeah. Yeah. Pivotal. There's different names for it. Um, It's a life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. It's it's very real it's very specific it's it's something that's not forgettable you can't forget it if you tried and it resonates and it usually brings some kind of special information to you that makes you want to do things differently or gives you purpose or yeah and they can be prophetic even but what's weird about them is that they are so real so big impactful so epic that they stick hmm. and you can't get rid of them if you try except for maybe with illicit drugs and alcohol wow yeah that not might, recommended that might work for Sur- surgeon's they, general warning yeah surgeon's general warning or it could maybe amplify the epic dream so okay let's think of people who have had epic dreams um let's do good examples martin luther king i have a dream that one day this nation will rise up live out the true meaning of its creeds. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream. Now, I don't know if that was inspired by by an actual dream that he had at night that he remembered, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like one of the things I think of, okay, an epic dream. Um, I've had an epic dream. I told that story in the first one Mm -hmm. about, you know, and I think it means something still to, to this day, but I'm not sure what. Can't forget it. Right. Um, then there are people who have had epic dreams that are bad. And sometimes they might broach into the Messiah complex type of epic dreams where they believe they are something, they have encountered something, and they are something very, very special, and it directs their life. And there are a lot of like rock gods or mm-hmm. or movie stars that can have that flavor. They think that they maybe actually... Have had a dream or have been spoken to by some entity that makes right. them that they are special and they must do something different with their life. You know who's big on that stuff? Who? Cult leaders. Cult leaders. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say James Jones. Jonestown. Um, yeah. Cult leaders. There you go. Children of Thunder. Yeah. He had dreams. They moved South America and killed everybody on the, on the whole thing. It was awful. Drank the Kool-Aid. You'd really have to have potent dream. Well, think, here, think of another one, uh, probably the most notorious, that he talked a lot about his dreams for different things, which would be Adolf Hitler. Mm. Dreams of the Third Reich, dreams of the Aryan race, um, dreams of the extermination of Jews, which kind of brings us to the whole concept of dreams. Dreams can be good, dreams can be bad, or they could be in between, they could be inert, they could just be nothing. Mm-hmm. 
But there are also a lot of things that like in the pursuit of information, it's almost like delving into the occult. Where if you think that in your dreams, you can come in contact with something that gives you extra world information that maybe mm-hmm. they get a little dangerous, almost like the idea of possession where you're messing around with things that you don't know where the information is actually coming from. You don't know if it's true, good or bad. And so it's like the pursuit of that could almost turn into something awful. It's almost like something could, like in the case of Hitler or some of the other people, it's like in the pursuit of those things, it could almost turn into something really bad. Like maybe you come into contact with information that you shouldn't. Or maybe it's like you're solving a problem. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I almost want my dreams, instead of pursuing dreams that give me some kind of special information, I just want my consciousness and my brain and all of that stuff needs it, that it delivers it by itself without me trying to force it to. Right. Yeah. Except for maybe in daydreams. And daydreams are kind of different. I love my daydreams. Yeah, you can kind of control those. Yeah. And they're inspiration for creativity and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I mean, so that's our eight topics. That's our eight dream categories. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of fun. We got to think about our own dreams that we've had. And then tonight, now it's late, it's probably about midnight. Mm -hmm. And we get to go try to experience our own dreams. Or maybe not try, but maybe we will. Maybe we will. Yeah, maybe we'll get chased by zombies. That would be cool. I love a zombie dream. Yeah. Or maybe we'll have to fend off hot ladies who find us irresistibly attractive. Hot lady zombies. Hot lady. No. I don't want that. But anyway. Yeah, what's the weirdest dream you've ever had <sighs> that you can remember? Like, just weird. Not like... You know, I think of, you know, my epic dream is so, still so burned in my memory. It's the first one I think of. I can't help it. When I think of other ones, I think of the ones I had recently, which is the Paul zombies, zombies. That, that chased me around. I, the one where I was stuck to the floor, that was really, really that weird. weird. That was a weird, hard one. How about you? What was your weirdest dream? I don't know about the weirdest. I had a couple dreams, like kind of back to back. It was while I was playing games with that same friend, David. And uh, we were in Mr. Like, Aaron. Aaron. Yep. But we were uh, like in the game. And that was kind of cool. I like those dreams where you're in the game. Like you, I've had several dreams where like a video game, and I don't even play that many video games anymore. I but used to. It's but, a natural jumping point. But like you're, you're in the video game, which is kind of like a dream in itself because you're doing these things you could never do it in your real life. Mm-hmm. I've had these dreams where I'm in a, a video game like Modern Warfare or mm-hmm. something or Daisy, which is a zombie game. And, you know, I'm trying to link up with my friends or those dreams are always a little bit weird because it's yeah. like violent, but fun. Yeah. In a weird, but you know, it's a dream. So way. it's okay. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. Those dreams are weird. Yeah. I, oh gosh. Okay. My weirdest dream ever. And one that kind of haunts me because it was so awful was a dream about your sister. I think I've heard this. And she had some terrible disease or something. And she was miserable and she was begging me to put her out of her misery. Ugh. And so in the dream, it's like I, I shot her in the head and then she didn't die. And Ooh. then I felt bad. I'm like, I'm so sorry I shot you. You wanted me to, but but you're not dying. So maybe you're not terminally ill. And she's like, well, if you wouldn't have shot me in the head, I'd probably live. But now that you shot me, I'm going to die. Yikes. Turn the cards on you. Oh, I know. It was, and it, 
I wake up and you wonder what in the heck is going what off kind of in, in terrible your head? dream is that? And it might have had something to do with at that time <laughs> your your grandma had a dog that was old and mean. Mm-hmm. And she asked me to have it put down. Put down. But she didn't want to pay any money to do it. And she'd ask me if I'd just go out and do it like you used to do on the farm. If you had an old animal, mm-hmm. out of compassion, you would like put it out of its misery. Kind of like old shit. yeller, right? Yep. You know? Or where the red fern grows. So I took this herb animal out and I euthanized it. Very humanely, but it very much bothered two point, me. 0.22 milliliters yeah. of black powder. Yeah. <laughs> but it bugged me, you know. I, I didn't want to do it. and But yet at the same time, I didn't want to. I didn't have any money. We were, right. Mom and I were broke, so I can, you know, pay for it. So right. I did what she asked. And, and uh, to this day, I think it still haunts me a little bit. Although I can kind of justify those things. I can... Yeah bring myself to do those things if that stuff doesn't bother me yeah well well when you're older because it didn't used maybe. to bug me either but <laughs> um yeah so maybe that's what inspired that dream but it was horrible there's nothing in the world that i love more than my kids and Aww. my wife and my family right yep that was my most awful and i dream. think anytime your life is stressful like that you have more weird dreams totally mm-hmm. and i'm sure a lot of people that are out there listening can relate to this kind of stuff which brings us to the point where as we're wrapping this down, or wrapping this up, is up or down? It doesn't down. matter. Yeah, it's the same thing. Depends on where you start. Yeah, you know who really knows what's up and down in the universe. Whoa, <laughs> deep thought. But our listeners probably have lots of strange dreams, mm-hmm. and we would love to hear those strange dreams. If you wouldn't mind sharing, and we would share them on the on the podcast in special episodes. Maybe we'll call it uh, the Theater of Strange Dreams. Ooh. I don't know. But dream theater dream theater it's yeah. a band just go into your favorite mail program and send your written out description of your dream to my story at a strange and if you do it we'll uh, put them in a safe place and we will save them and we'll do a podcast and if we read them on the air we will give you some swag and some kudos and you'll feel like a very important wise famous person yep that's right also, while you're there doing that kind of stuff, if you would take a moment mm-hmm. and like us on Facebook, on, like it. on Instagram, on LinkedIn, Stitcher, Stitcher, all the podcast Apple apps. Podcast. Yeah, we're on all of them. Just like us, follow us, and uh, please share us yep. with your friend. I mean, we know we're not anything extraordinarily awesome. Quick. Yeah, that was good. I like that. <laughs> That Oopsie. little bass sound that came oh, through the microphones. Uh, but like us and share us and get us out there. Um, we're going to start promoting ourselves a little more maybe in the next uh, few months. We're going to try to get our, uh, our what I call it, our investigation destination vehicle up and running. ITV. And our motorcycles in the back. So we'll be able to go out and investigate some things. Got some plans for that that we'll be sharing in the future. Yeah. And one of them is including giant hairy creatures. Hairy creatures, nefarious. Yeah, nefarious. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So anyway, there things are coming. Until then, I hope you guys have great sleep and wicked dreams and wicked dreams. <laughs> there you go. Strange dreams and wicked sleep. I don't know what. Strange <laughs> <laughs> I said strange dreams and wicked sleep. Yeah, you did. I enunciated extremely well. You did. Thank you. 
You're like a enunciation machine. Yes. It's like I was born to do this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so join us next time. Hey, before you totally close this, blah, I want to say blah, 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 blah. that we know this was a long episode. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot. And Jibber, Jibber. Oh, 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 okay, start ooh. over, start over. Okay, 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 okay. Not start over. But but if you go to Stitcher or go. probably most podcast apps, yeah. You can go f- like double speed or 1.5 uh, speed, but you can go half speed or like 0.75. And no, everybody sounds super drunk. <laughs> We're not. It's so funny. <laughs> just listen to a little bit it's because funny. it's so funny. It like just slow down a little. They slur their words. Oh, it's They're funny. like really <laughs> trying to think of what to say. say. In those long... <laughs> it's awesome. Pauses. Yeah. Weird. Well, I hope that you don't like us so much that you want to listen to us twice as long. I would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're growing slow, but sure, we're not yep. doing a lot of, uh, you know, promotions or anything. But, you know, it's kind of cool to see more people listening to us and... And uh, we do it because we like it and because we like to burp in the microphone and make disgusting noises. My throat, I don't know what it is. My throat just keeps going, bear. Something catches it's in It's not like a burp. It's like a burp. Well, that just shows how real we are. Yeah, we're super raw. We're real raw people. We're raw. Real raw, raw, raw. Raw, raw, re. Yeah. Kick him in the knee. <laughs> okay, not. Let's, no. let's not go all grammatory here. Nope. Raw, raw, ras. Kick him in the, the other knee. knee. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that's a great note to stop Yes, on. it is. All right. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Have a great night. Sleep have well. Good one. Yeah. Taters. Taters. Raw, raw, re. <laughs> yeah. Kick him in the knee. <laughs> raw, raw, ras. Kick, Kick him, him in the other knee. knee. <laughs>